Welcome to Fringe Element, week three war against the spread. Every single game in the SEC picked against the spread. My name is Braden Gall, and you can get to me on Twitter at Braden Gall. And I'm Stephen Lassen. You can follow me on Twitter at AthlonSteven. You can check me out on YouTube at AllCFB365. And if you want to hear us talk all things college football, make sure you check out the Cover 2 podcast, of course, from Athlon Sports as well. Turn on all the notifications. This video goes up on the YouTube page one day before it comes out on the podcast feed. So if you want to watch it a little earlier and get your picks in a little earlier, make sure you go check it out on the YouTube page as well as the podcast feed. Follow us on the Twitters as well. Um, at Athlon Steven. Okay, at Braden Gall. All right. Through two weeks, Steven, and I'm going to brag now because I'm assuming that this is going to, I'm going to come way back, crashing back down to earth, and you are going to embarrass me the rest of the season. But I'm going to take victory laps when I can. After going six and three last week, I beat you on the Arkansas South Carolina game. I beat you on the Pittsburgh and Tennessee game. Thank you, overtime. And I beat you on the Kentucky Florida game. That one I just beat you straight up on. I had you up by like 20 points on that one. Steven. You called it. I, I, I hey, <laughs> we'll, we'll get into Florida, but you called it. Nice job. <laughs> we'll get into Florida. I went six and three last week. You went three and six. I am now 14 and seven on the season. No human being should be able to do that. It is pure luck at this point. 14 and seven on the season. You are nine and 12. So you're flirting with 500. 500 is still pretty good by the end of the year. And I have a feeling you're going to make a big comeback, Steven. How are you feeling about week three? Decent. Um, you know, <laughs> I, I think a couple things that I try and keep in mind when I'm betting early in the season is you probably should play the favorites early on. Shame on me for not doing that well enough. The other thing is, you know, week one is is you can overreact easily. And then week two, you're trying to figure out like what's real and what's not. And and now I think we're getting into some kind of interesting toss-up matchups where you're still trying to sift through what's real and, and what's not. So I don't feel great about some of these matchups. I'm curious to see where you land. But so far, I probably should just be playing your picks, Braden, because <laughs> things aren't going well here. However, <laughs> let's also just bring this up. You know, uh, turnover luck in college football usually balances out during the year. So I'm going to go betting luck will balance out during the year, too. All I heard was excuses. And for those of, those of you who have not been listening to Steven and I do this, he has beaten me basically every single season in, in picking against the spread for like the better part of like 14 years. So I'm going to I'm going to take my victory laps when I can. Let's get started on week number three, 12 o'clock Eastern time, Georgia at South Carolina. Multiple humans could die on the field. Minus 24 and a half. Shane Beamer's team is totally beaten up. Since I've got the lead, I guess I will go first. I'm laying the 24 and a half. I think Georgia just demolishes South Carolina. Every single position, they're better. Every single thing they do is better. Uh, this is a game where Kirby, I think, is going to have them focused after the Bama thing last week with Texas as a 20-point spread. So give me the dogs minus 24 and a half. We agree. So one game in, I have Georgia as well. Georgia has won three out of the last four against South Carolina by 24 or more points. And I think you said something there that we should probably keep in mind in betting going forward. South Carolina played Arkansas last week and got beat up. They are beat up on defense. This Arkansas team is like an old, uh, you know, AFC Central, AFC yeah. North, you know, black and blue kind of team that they're going to beat you up all year. So I think that's something after a physical battle. I know South Carolina is at home. I just think Georgia right now, the best team in the country to beat up. So I like the dogs. Yeah, uh, that's called Big Ten football, Stephen, in the college football <laughs> world. Uh, skip Kentucky and Youngstown State, Abilene Christian and Missouri. We don't pick games against FCS teams. Uh, 3.30 ET, Vanderbilt plus two and a half at Northern Illinois. A Northern Illinois team that lost last week. 
what I mean, I listen, I'll take Vandy in the two and a half. This might be wishful thinking here. I think we'll, we'll find out a little bit more about Mike Wright, but I just th- this I I don't even have it. Give me give me the, you. I need you for the analysis here, buddy. Well, I played Northern Illinois last week to cover against Tulsa. That worked out. Uh, close games are Northern Illinois specialty. 10 out of their last 14 games were decided by one score. They beat Georgia Tech last year. So close games, power five opponents. This is something that they're equipped to do. In terms of strengths, they are better uh, running the ball than throwing it. Rocky Lombardi is their quarterback. He's a transfer from Michigan State. But they struggled last year against the run. They were 11th in the MAC last year against the run. I like Vanderbilt as a road dog to get the victory. And... That puts them from the over for the season if they win on Saturday. And and we'll give you our locks of the week coming up at the end of the pod each and every episode. But uh, we both have Vandy. So far, so good. We both got Georgia. We both got Vandy. Things start to get a little weird now. Penn State minus three at Auburn. I really want to take Auburn here. I went back and looked at this game and, and I watched some of it from last season. And like Penn State could not run the football. And it was one of the best games Sean Clifford ever played in his career. 28 of 32 passing. And now they're on the road and like, I don't know, like I, everything says Auburn wins this game, but we all know that Brian Harson is not coming back. We know that Penn state's got a pretty good defense and the quarterback play for Auburn is worse than it was last year. If you'll notice, Steven, I did not make a pick. <laughs> so I guess I get to go first. No, if you, do you want me to go first? I, I'll give you my pick. Braden. I'm going to be crazy. I'm going to take Auburn to cover, especially if I can get it three and a half or three. I think to your point, last year's game was basically a toss up. Penn State was a little bit better at converting opportunities. They had the better quarterback. They still got it this year. I think a question for Penn State that we don't know after a couple games is offensive line and balance on offense. Nick Singleton had a breakout performance against Ohio We'll see if that holds true against Auburn. I think Auburn at home, I don't love the quarterback situation with Finley and Ashford. They've thrown too many interceptions already. I just, something tells me Auburn at home, this game could be stupid. It could be crazy. I'll just take a chance on the Tigers covering on Saturday. I have Auburn plus the three as well. I I would have said that if you made me say it before you answered, but I like all the big games and we'll get to this later on with Miami and A&M. I like all the big games this weekend in college football, the top four, five or six. I like all the dogs if you're if you if you're gambling on all of them. So I'll, I'll take the Auburn plus the points. This would not be one of my locks though because I have no effing clue what's going to happen. This is total <laughs> chaos at its finest. I love it. Uh, Old Mississippi three thirty Eastern time minus sixteen and a half at Georgia Tech. We're going to find out exactly how good this Old Miss offense and offensive line is when they go to Georgia Tech. I, Stephen, what you got? I'm taking Ole Miss somewhat reluctantly here. I think we're going to find out a lot more about this team this week. We they've won you know both of their games easily, but the competition level, um, Troy and an FCS opponent. Georgia Tech has lost its last three games against Power Five opponents by 31 or more points, and this is a team with a lot of new pieces coming into the year. They held up well in the first half against Clemson, uh, but I still think there's a lot of questions with this team. And of course, Jeff Collins is on the hot seat as well. So I just think the play here says SEC teams have covered this year. I think Ole Miss is the better team, so I'm going to take him to cover. Don't feel great about it, though. It would not be one of my locks of the week. I'm not sure. Like Georgia Tech's defensive line was meh against Clemson. Like Furman might have actually been better against Clemson than Georgia Tech was. And that is very concerning. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if Furman is better than you on the defensive line, then Ole Miss's offensive line is going to eat you alive. So I've got the Rebels minus the 16 and a half as well. So, so far we have not disagreed on anything. 
Uh, UL Monroe plus 49 at Alabama. Is this the Nick Saban lets off the pedal and, and Utah State kind of deal, which again, Utah State didn't cover? Or is this Nick Saban exercising demons because he's pissed off at his team for how they played a lot of undisciplined football last last week? Maybe he's still mad about 2007 when you know, right. Alabama lost to Louisiana Monroe. I, I think maybe we can use sort of like the transitive property here. Alabama beat Utah State by 55. I think ULM is worse. I yeah. also think Alabama should have a little bit of urgency here to figure things out in the passing game. So I will take Alabama to cover, even though it is a massive spread of uh, 49, like you mentioned. Four, 49 points is a lot. <laughs> I'll take UL Monroe for the sake of being different. And because I think, again, it could be 48 to nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's not covering. Again, the Utah State spread was 42, I believe. We yeah. both had Utah State and lost that one to Alabama. So, I, listen, Bama could win by as much as it wants. The question is, yeah. how much do they want to? And and is there one late touchdown that maybe or field goal that? So I guess I'll take L, UL Monroe there. Um, Mississippi State. This is fascinating. Mississippi State minus two and a half. In Baton Rouge, um, Mississippi State has has played well down in Baton Rouge of late. Um, they have their two and two in, in their last four against um, Mississippi State and, and LSU. They basically have split. Remember last time they were down there, KJ Costello threw for like four billion yards. I They're not going to pressure Will Rogers last. So I like Mississippi State minus the two and a half here. I do too. I think if this goes higher, if it goes three and a half or three, I might be willing to play LSU because they're at home. And I think LSU is going to get better. I think for Mississippi State, still have some questions about the offensive line. This will be the best front that they played all year. And also, I want to see growth from LSU's offense. It was the Jaden Daniels show in the opener against Florida State. They should be getting John Emery back. They've made some changes on the offensive line. So I think LSU is going to get better. But I just think that this matchup sets up well for Mississippi State. As long as they protect Will Rogers, yep. new faces in the secondary for LSU. I like Mississippi State at that two. If it goes higher, I might play LSU at three or three and a half because they're at home. I mean, LSU at home does crazy things to get against good teams, but this is the Dak Prescott Bowl. They're not scared of going down to Baton Rouge. As I said, they've played well there. I, I think if you can't pressure Will Rogers, I, that's without Mason Smith, like that, that is the key here is if Will Rogers has time to throw, uh, oh, by the way, they also have a pretty good defensive line and we know LSU has got problems along the offensive line. So I just think that Mississippi state's the better all, overall football team. And uh, we are picking the bull puppies to cover against LSU. That that's where LSU's at uh, seven o'clock Akron plus 47 against Tennessee. I will take Akron here. Okay. One of the worst teams in college football. I'll take Akron. Here's why emotional letdown and look ahead to Florida for Tennessee. This has nothing to do with the, the teams themselves and how they match up. Tennessee could win as by as much as they want, but this screams emotional breather. Like they're going to take a break. They're going to relax. They've got Florida coming up. They just put a lot of energy into that overtime game. They want to get some guys healthy, get some people out of the game early. This screams plus 47 to me for Akron. You might be on to something, but I'm going to take Tennessee. So all this right. is the, all, the only kind of insight that you can get on this podcast is Akron starting quarterback DJ Irons is hurt. They may have to go to all name teamer Jeff Undercuffler. He's a transfer from Albany to start on Saturday. I love Joe Moorhead. I think he's a great coach and they brought in a lot of transfers. This is just a tough spot. Tennessee beat Ball State by 49. I think Akron's worse than that. So I, that's why I'm going to take the volunteers. But to your point, I do think with the look ahead factor that worries me in some of these spots like Tennessee and it also worries me against Alabama too. Yeah, I mean, transitive property with Ball State, I agree with you. But that was opening night, 
you know, Thursday night, prime time, everybody's watching, you know, getting started with, you know, the whole deal in year number two. This this has a different feel to it for me. And again, the amount of energy and effort and focus they are putting on the Florida game is off the charts for Tennessee. So I'll just give me, give me, give me the seven touchdowns. <laughs> um, all right, 7:30, wrapping up here. 7:30, South Florida plus 24 and a half at the Gators at 7:30. Not sure what South Florida is. I we told you not to overreact to Florida, or at least I told you not to overreact to Florida last week. Uh, but plus twenty four and a half for South Florida. What you got, Steve? Tough game to figure out. Uh, something to keep in mind here is both of these teams, from a pace perspective, play at a slower pace. You have South Florida at fifty five plays a game. Florida at sixty four. So last year, Florida won this game by twenty two points. So it's right there in that wheelhouse. <laughs> I think for Florida, I think to your point, I may play South Florida in this game because of that look-ahead factor. The one thing that worries me, though, is if I'm Florida, I want to get my passing game going with Anthony Richardson. I want to see him kind of break out after struggling last week. So maybe if Florida airs it out, I think they can cover. But I think the pace, and I also think there's a little bit of desperation on South Florida, the look-ahead factor for the Gators. I'll play South Florida. I don't feel great about this one, though. I think that look-ahead factor is really uh, confusing to me in all this scenario. If they had beaten Kentucky, I would agree with you. But I think there's some come-to-Jesus stuff, because Billy Napier, after the win against Utah, was like, guys, settle down. <laughs> and then and then Mark Stoops just did it for him. And now there's no more rat poison. There's no more number 12 ranking, which was all overreaction at the time. And, and so I'll take Florida lane the 24 and a half. But I don't, I'm with you. I don't feel good about it because of the pace, and I think they want to run the ball get those weapons going with ETN and Pierce and those guys. So uh, I think it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, all right. The big one here, 9 PM. Great. Lo love that start time. Miami plus five at Texas A&M. Look, A&M is going to be better than they were last week. They're not going to have the same game control problems as they did again against app state, but the quarterback play for Miami is going to be significantly better, which means while A&M's defensive numbers are still very, very good against, against Sam Houston state and app state. Got it. And Miami, you know, they kind of they didn't exactly put somebody away in the first half in each of their first two games. I for some reason I like Miami plus the five here. I I don't think they win the game, but if I'm gambling on this one, I'll take the Hurricanes plus the five. I agree with you. I, I like uh, Miami on the road to cover. I, I think there it's a fair question. I think to ask what do we know about Miami so far? They've won their first two games by a score of a hundred to thirty, and of course that's Southern Miss and Bethune Cookman. It'll be a big test. You know, Miami gave up four sacks last week too to Southern Miss. I think Texas A&M's defense is significantly better, so that is a concern for me. I think to your point, I think A&M will get better on offense, especially if they can get Bryce Foster back at center. Maybe they can get the offensive line, run the ball a little bit better. I do think that this screams like low scoring, three, four kind of point game. Texas A&M can't play as bad as they have. I think Miami with Tyler Van Dyke is probably the one reason why I like Miami to to go in and cover on Saturday night, but I like AM to win. AM's only given up 3.7 yards per play. This is only the third time they've played since World War II. That was back in 07 and 08. And I just think it's going to be a great matchup for both these teams. You got Mario Cristobal breaking in a new team or a new coach breaking in and Fisher, you know, th this is a dangerous piece of territory for Jimbo Fisher because they're, they're, they got Arkansas and then they got Will Rogers and then they got Bryce Young. And there's a lot of good quarterbacks on that schedule. They better come up with something this week against Miami. So there's a lot of pressure there. I don't think there's, you know, Jimbo Fisher is not in any danger of losing his job. So I don't, that that's my concern is that like no one's forcing Jimbo Fisher to evolve the offense here. 
And I think that's give, give me Miami plus the five here. I don't know. I don't know who, who I would take on the money line, but give me Miami plus the five. So uh, I, I think it would be concerning if Texas A&M came out flat and uninspired. That would be really concerning for the rest yes. of the year. I think think there's a chance that they'll play a lot better. But you also have to wonder with some of the questions they have at, at quarterback, offensive line. I mean, yeah. how, how fast can this all come together? All right. So we both have Georgia laying the points. We both have Vandy plus the points. We both have Auburn. That's kiss of death plus the points. We both have old Mississippi laying the points. I've got ULM plus 49. You've got Bama. We both have Mississippi State. I've got Akron plus the 47. I'm just going to play the odds on those two games and take the big numbers. You've got Tennessee. Uh, you've got South Florida laying, uh, getting 24 and a half. I've got the Gators and we both have Miami plus the five. I, I got to be honest, Stephen. I don't have any real locks of this week. I don't like this slate if I'm gambling on the SEC. I think Georgia might be the pick I would put the most money on. Maybe two, maybe three units if I had to. I actually like three locks this week. Oh, feeling please. bold. Go to do I, tell. I like Georgia. I like Miami and I like Vanderbilt. All right. Locks of the week. We've been pretty good on the locks, I think. So uh, we'll, we'll play those again and we'll see you guys every single Thursday and Friday, Thursday on the YouTube, Friday on the podcast feed. Steven, where can people find you? At Athlon Steven on Twitter. You can also check me out at all CFB 365 on YouTube. There you have it. You can also catch us talking coast-to-coast college football on the Cover 2 podcast. Make sure you check out the Fringe Element podcast, the regular episode with Aaron and myself every single Wednesday. Turn on the notifications. We really do appreciate it. Please share the show. Tell somebody about the really good, thoughtful, nutritional content that we're giving you, SEC football fans. Uh, So please share the product and and help us grow. We do really appreciate it. Enjoy week three, everybody. My name is Braden Gall. You can get to me on Twitter at Braden Gall. Again, he is Steven. I am Braden. Thanks for hanging out with us. We'll talk to you again next week. This has been Fringe Element here on the 440 Sports Network.